Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! Hey! Push record. We're just gonna, oh. we're just gonna do it because we we keep trying to catch up, and then yeah, every time exactly, it's like well, let's just save it. Let's just save it. So uh, nothing really happened this week. Nope, not a not a big. Dude, what a roller coaster of a week! I tell you, on fucking Tuesday, I was like, so just like, we'll get into like my biggest problem with this whole thing but <laughs> I just went to bed and I was just like fucking just like I can't believe this guy's going to be president again so we should we should start I by pre- at 9.30 oh wow we should, start pre- we should start by prefacing um, it's noon on Saturday um, and in case you listen to this two days from now or whatever it is that you listen if you haven't noticed um, about three hours ago, they announced the winner of the presidential election on the networks. Um, they still have to count like four states, but he won the enough votes already, so it doesn't matter. It's gonna be interesting. So we're yeah, uh, obviously you know we're idiots when it comes to politics. We're not the brightest yeah. of people. And, so. and I'm gonna like lean on you because you do a lot of more listening to uh, political and read a lot more political stuff. And I will regurgitate everything I've heard at office. Uh, because uh, fucking John Oliver just did that uh, on Sunday night. Oh, yeah. Uh, you were really mad about that. Well, because I had just seen that documentary and then he. The, uh, what was the documentary? What's the documentary? What was the documentary called? Um, I don't remember, but it was on. Um, totally Hulu. Under Control, I think it was called. Yes. And it was on Hulu and it was about the pandemic. And Trump's terrible response to it. And it was like a two-hour breakdown. And when you see your your whole summer broken down into two hours and you're like, holy shit, a lot, a lot of stuff, that's messed up. <laughs> exactly. And, and then, yes, John Oliver took that two hours and condensed it into 20 minutes. And you're like, whoa. And he, like, used the same, basically everything from in that documentary. See, I didn't, but I didn't feel that way. I, whatever. I, I think I watched them both the same day. So to me, it was just like one long, uh, I didn't, I didn't notice it that way. But anyway. Um, so the biggest takeaway from this election right now is that uh, how many people voted for Trump? I just can't believe it. Like I was just, I mean, I know you're going to say you can believe it because you like, uh, you know, I get it. I get what you're going to, what Trump. <laughs> no, you don't know but, what to say. But the fact that everything that's happened in the last like six months for 
him to get that overwhelming amount of votes, like, is just shocking to me. No, I understand that. Of course, it, it makes me so sad for America that they people, 70 million people voted for fucking Trump in this election. Or whatever it was, 60, 70. He got the second most votes in history. Yes, Go ahead and say that. 70 million, 343,000. They're showing it right now. But hey, how about America, right? Showing up more votes than ever. Like, you know, I, you remember your whole life, you hear people like vote, vote, vote. And you're like, shut up. Stop telling me about people voted. People voted. And, and uh, we'll, we'll get into this. Uh, you know, there's a long list of people that Mr. Mr. President-elect has to thank because they fucking came out big for him. Um, I'm not surprised. You're right. But I mean, I mean, I am. I was, I was really hoping, obviously, that everyone would teach him a lesson too. But, and I was really pissed at first too. I was, I'm with you. But I kind of, I kind of think it's probably a good thing in the end. I'm just hear me out. Maybe I'm just trying to be optimistic, but it, it's a real snapshot of how divided we are, right? So, um. If he just come out in a landslide, I don't know if I don't know if this country heal heals. I'm not saying it's going to definitely, but it's a big snapshot into like the fact that the Republicans are gonna probably control the Senate again, the gain spots in the House. It's like there's no big repudiation on what what on Trumpism. It's but um gonna be kinda like what Obama hopefully not, but Obama went through uh, where he couldn't get anything done um, because they were just pushing against him on everything. Right. But the difference between Obama and Biden, to me, this is my opinion, is that Obama was coming in to change, to, to make this, to take this country in a progressive way. And we don't need that right now. We just, we need somebody to kind of bring us together and heal it. You know, I respect scientists. Yeah, we're yeah. We need somebody who's going to take things like, let's start off with that. Who's going to believe scientists and who's going to? I heard today what, already put together a fucking coronavirus test. He hadn't even been elected yet, and every speech he made, he would discuss how people. Let's you know, just let's just say that Joe Biden's speeches this week have been awesome. <laughs> like he's well, like. Well, once Trump came out and, like, did his, like, we won. Like, I think that really pissed him off because he knew that, like, like he won, basically. Like, people were telling him in his camp that all these votes that have yet to be counted are mostly Democratic. So he kind of did the math and stuff. Um, but he came out during his speeches and just kind of, like, that, that's this is what a presidential person is supposed to act like. Oh, yeah. Wait for all the votes to be counted. I'm not going to say I won yet, but the math says it's looking good. And we were going to come and like, and then like his last speech was like, I know I haven't been elected yet, but I've already talked to this person, this person, this person about climate change, about the coronavirus. And it's like, I'm already like ready to go. And I'm like, that's what we want to hear. Yeah. And yeah. then Trump you haven't watched it yet, but I watched the 537 votes documentary on HBO, which is basically about the 2000 election and then the Florida recount. 
And just just for the record, you really wanted to talk about this on that on this podcast, but I've been watching fifteen. I'm seriously fifteen hours a day of political coverage because I'm a loser, and so I didn't have time to watch anything well, else. Uh, you should you should take a break. And I want you to watch this. I'm not going to break. Now's the fun part. Now's like the payoff. You don't take you know. Everyone on CNN is crying, and they're all they're all emotional <laughs> right now. They they're they're so giddy, uh, especially Van Jones. He's like, dude. Van Jones balling was pretty. I thought that was really good. A lot he gets a lot of shit from a lot of people, yeah. but man, that was just a giant release. Even like Jake Tapper was like over. Like he was. I mean, they're all obviously biased, but and let me go back real quick. Wait, wait, this, wait, 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 wait. Before you do it, stay with your five thirty-seven votes, and then we'll get into this other stuff because I I want to spend some time on it. So five hundred thirty-seven votes is about the. Uh, election in 2000 and the Florida recount, which I said, um, and watching this, it shows you basically how the Republicans did all these crazy things to stop, stop the count, which, and if you watch this documentary, like all these things that are happening that Trump's doing, like the lawsuits and the stop the count and getting people riled up and getting protesters out there, was the same thing that happened. And Roger Stone um, was involved in that too. Although the chief of staff for Bush said like, no, he wasn't there. But Roger Stone was like, obviously I was fucking there. You know, it's like, I just, huh. he's like, you. he's like the riot that went on at the count where they counted the votes. Is that the um, Brooks brothers riot or whatever they call yeah. it? Yeah. He's like, those weren't the, – the population of Miami at the time or the people that were the rioters were all Cubans. You'll, you'll watch it. Uh, and he's like, there wasn't like one Cuban in there. He's like, look at what they were wearing. He's like, they were paid for by the Republican Party to go there and disrupt the counting and the election. So and, that's reminiscent to you of what was happening in Arizona where they yeah. were yell, saying yeah. keep counting, and then in Pennsylvania where they were saying stop the votes. Yeah, and like I think like in Pennsylvania they actually or Philadelphia or some one of the Pennsylvania things, they had people go down there and like stop it, try to stop it. Oh yeah, well that's when they demanded in Philadelphia the other day they demanded to get people in to see the vote counting. And then Trump goes on TV and says they denied our right to let someone count the vote, so they shouldn't count. When, in fact, that's a lie. They have 134 people from each side, Democrats and Republicans, watching. He wanted more people in. And then they have to keep a 10-foot distance because of the coronavirus, and they wanted him moving in closer. So everything he's spouting is just half the truth of what is actually being, being ha- happening. All I know is Trump took the exact playbook from – this 537 votes, uh, George Bush, um, and uh, basically like used it right now. And well, that's like, interesting because it's not, yeah. it's it's certainly not done. Like, you know, this guy, like this, this is going to be a really, really interesting month coming up. And I, I'm not feeling, I'm excited and I'm, you know, I'm giddy, you know. It's like a today just feels a little bit better than than you know most days, but at the same time, I mean I don't trust that I don't trust anybody at this point, right? Like I watch I don't know if you watched Bill Maher last night. He was really good. He's been saying that Trump won't. He's like that, that guy's never gonna you know he would have guests on for the last two years. Every guest he had on said 
what's going to happen when Trump refuses to leave? And everybody would make a joke. And he's like, I don't know why you're making a joke. I mean, this guy, like anything that's not written down, he won't do. And you say, oh, that would never happen. And it always happens. And so instead of like preparing for it, you just say, oh, well, we'll deal with it when it comes. Um, well, someone was on, was it Axelrod or somebody was just talking like today about how um, when Obama was transitioning from uh, the Bush camp, Bush, um, like Bush was like, I don't want to even like talk to him. Like he started to do that, but then he like said, okay, this is how presidents have done it of all time. And like came to his senses and uh, like actually acted presidential at the time when you're supposed to, and then compared it to like, there's no way Trump's going to do it. <laughs> you know, there's no way Trump is going to sit with uh, Biden and say, all right, this is where I'm at, you know, and like give right. him a- one of the questions they posed last night like, is, do you, do you hey, think guess that- what? You get to hire a lot of people because there's a lot of empty seats. It's true. One of the questions they brought up last night was, do you think do you think Trump shows up at uh, the inauguration? I mean, he's got to. He's got to do that. But that's, so that's what one person said. And they're like, why does he have to? He's I never actually gonna- think that was another thing Axel Rob was talking about, about George Bush going to the thing. He's, he's got to, but I don't know. Like, you hope that he will. Let's just say you hope that he will. Um, to go out with some sort of dignity, you know? It, it's a, I mean, it's it's an interesting thing because it's, um, like, it's kind of fun to watch the footage of everybody dancing and singing and, you know. There are uh, a lot of, like, Republicans, like like, politicians that are stepping back now. Well, of course. I mean, this is this yeah. is also this they is want to have jobs. This is the super fun part is watching the rat scurry from the ship, right? Like, there's so many people that we're not going to have in our lives anymore that will just make just make life a little bit better. Like, no more Stephen Millers, no more Kelly McEnany's. Well, what? No more, uh, <laughs> what? Oh, and then we found out yesterday that the White House chief of staff has coronavirus. Yeah, and Matt Gates. All this. Yeah, I mean, it's just. And like, and he like, I guess Katie Collins was talking about how like repeatedly like they would be at places and he would be giving his like speech and they and then the reporters would say are like are you gonna wear a mask? And he goes, no, I can't wear a mask while I'm talking to you guys. And then like refused to wear a mask, and now he's got coronavirus. Well, last weekend I I think it was. I was on- still pissed when he heard that news. I think he was on Meet the Press last weekend when he was touting off herd immunity. Like, he was a big, like, hey, we're not going to beat this thing, so let's just learn to live with it. Like, he's that way, it was like a quote that he just had last week. So, um, anyway, yeah, it's a, it, it's a nonstop comedy of errors with this administration. And you kind of think when you see really Giuliani, he was at the four, what was it, the four seasons? You, you see the press conference they had today? Please no. tell me you know about this. No, I didn't. Oh, man. All right. Hold on. Let me get to. Uh... So Trump had tweeted out that there was going to be a giant press conference today at the Four Seasons. And then he deleted his tweet. He, like, corrected himself. And it was at the um, 
shit, if I don't have it pulled up, it's going to totally ruin the thing. It was at the Four Seasons um, Total Landscaping, which is like a landscaping, small landscaping business in Philadelphia parking lot. I mean, it's it's so funny when you see the picture, you know, and you're just like, what the f-? And so Giuliani's there screaming about things. Another guy can't wait to get rid, you know. Um, I'm really excited for his family to go away, though. That's the thing. Um, but like, especially Jared Kushner. Yeah, that guy. So apparently, what they were saying last night, your girl Caitlin Collins and um, and uh, somebody else were talking. Oh, why you my girl? Huh? You, she- we, listen, she's our girl. We love Caitlin Collins. I do love Caitlin Collins. Well, so the, don't don't challenge me on it. Uh, she was talking last night. They were talking about her. I think it was her and um, either Don Lemon or Chris Cuomo. They were like trading sources about how Trump was really pissed because I guess Kushner told him not to worry that all the all the lawyers were taken care of. And then he saw who his legal staff was and was like, who are these like J- Jamukis? <laughs> well, was it the totally under control when they were talking about how Jared Kushner was took over the 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 response effort right and like hired all the uh, interns right and so the interns were like we had like this big conference room and like Jared Kushner like came in and said all right like now we're going to talk to the people about the uh you know the efforts and then like everyone got up and left like basically like everyone there the only people there were people that were like the interns that weren't getting paid and were like young kids and they were supposed to like go online and like buy PPE from like, right. Right. And like get it here. And they're like, well, we don't even know how to pay. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I'm like on the line with like Zimbabwe trying to buy like friggin' all these like masks. And the guy's like, all right, well, I got some guy standing right next to me with cash. He's going to pay me four hundred, four times as much as you're going to pay. And I like, need to think this Jared Kushner guy's not that bright. Yeah. He's like, all right, what do you need? And the one like intern's like, we need to be able to per- buy up front. And uh, Jared Kushner's like, okay. And then nothing happened. So where do you stand with the with the Trump people in your life now? Are you just kind of like at a place where you want to gloat? Are you at a place where like like where do you where do you so think? All the conversations I've had with people that are on the Trump side this week and I have had a couple. Oh good. I've said listen. Take all the politics out of it, right? Look at the guy This is the guy that's, like, representing our entire nation all over the world. I was like, we are the laughingstock of, like, every country. Um, And it's partly because of him. He's basically, like, he hates women. Unless you're hot. Uh, (laughs) um, And I don't know. Like, I just was like, this guy's just got to go. Regardless of his politics, he just hates everybody. He's not willing to work. Like, if anyone disagrees with him, like, he won't listen to anything. He's like, you do it my way or you're fired. Uh, How did that go over with, with, the, with the Trump people that you spoke with? 
the people, they said, yes, I don't, they said, I don't agree with his actions, but Biden is not the answer. And I said, and then my follow-up thing was like, all right, well, how about we put Biden in now and then four years from now, you just get the guy that you want. Yeah. Why wreck the country for another four years and not get back on track with some of these things that we need to get on track with, like in, like the coronavirus and global warming? I'm back in on global warming. <laughs> yeah, uh, so that's the thing. This, this, right. I'm, I'm, I, and I agree. I think that's the right way to say it, right? Like, that's the thing that always bothered me about the people in my life that were, wouldn't, wouldn't refuse to vote for Biden. It was like, you do realize that we're heading down a really bad, you know, we're, we're going, we're down a slippery slope and like, you'd rather play with the next four years of that. I would prefer to. This guy like does not just thinks the coronavirus is going to go away. And we're sitting here trying to figure out how to stop the cases from going up. Like two days ago, we had the most cases in a day and we had all the whole time. Yeah. Yesterday, 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 we had more than any other time. Um, It's not going away. So, you know, and that's the other thing you can't, you can't really reason with people when you're trying to tell them that there's a bunch of, as we, we said before, grifters and charlatans trying to, to, to get as much as they can for themselves out of this. And you start to think, Oh, well, those people are just stupid. But for every, there, I said I was listening to this last night. Somebody said, "For every stupid person, there's two smart people who are getting rich off that person through this." And I listened. Like I have a friend. We have a friend. We have a friend who has like he's divorced. He has a daughter. His daughter just spent the week with her, with her mom's side of the family, and comes to his house, and she's like. Hey, Dad, I sure hope that Biden doesn't win or else everybody's going to lose all their money and all the poor are going to get taxed. And like, all the, you know, it's really and, – and she's she's like eight, you know? And he's he's trying to – you know, you want your kid to think for themselves, right? You don't want to – and I'm kind of like – I want to give him props because like he wasn't – I was like, tell her that there's kids in cages. Tell her like – you know, I'm like, tell her like all the mean names he calls people. Like that's easy. And he's like, no, I don't want to be, you know, I want her to think critically think for herself, but she's eight. She shouldn't be coming home and like complaining about taxes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like my nephews are seven. They hate Trump because he's going to take away TikTok. They don't even watch TikTok, but they know that the cool people they watch on like the internet don't like TikTok or don't want them to get rid of TikTok. Well, like, but, also like another person, like on to that point, another person that I, talk to that's a trump person um they said one of their says like oh great biden's gonna be president and shut our country down again i'm like well we might have to <laughs> are we ever gonna get i'd like to go to a movie at some point yeah. you know can I'd we like get to not, right i'd like to not wake up every day and wonder like, like the, yeah what the death count is i would know. like to plan a trip that i was wanting to go to for like a year now plan my vietnam trip uh i would like to do that but i can't do that right now so that's all right so that brings up a big problem i find uh or i i've been thinking a lot about lately um is shortcuts people are trying to find shortcuts and i think that to 
a lot of Americans, Donald Trump was a shortcut into the, um, he's a shortcut of, of putting him like, putting him like, I don't want to make it a whole racial thing, but like old white America back in its place. And the Democrats who are super progressive really want this, you know, like the super Bernie people. And I like Bernie and I like a lot of those people, but they wanted to like, well, let's hurry up and push, um, push through the socialist agenda or whatever. I don't want to say socialism, you know, but like, let's put through this whole progressive agenda. And the thing is, is the country's not, and this is why I think it's kind of good that it was 50, 50 almost is the country's not really there for either. Like it's gotta, it's gotta to collectively move one way. Right. Like we weren't ready for MAGA. Okay. But they're not ready for, um, you know, free, free healthcare for, I mean, they probably would be for free healthcare for all, but they're not ready for an overly progressive agenda. So like, that's why a guy like Biden, I think is good for right now because it's kind of like hopefully easing that. And then, you know, let the country kind of sway with which, which direction it wants to go in. Um, you know, did you watch the, the uh, social dilemma movie? We talked about that a little bit on here. did you watch it? Yeah. I ended up watching it on the plane when I went to uh, North Carolina. So, so much of this, I mean, it, 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 when you start saying that you're surprised. It was, it was very interesting. It's not the best movie, but it's got a lot of really good facts. So that guy who... But it also is interesting to look at social media a different way than how you're... Right. And the guy who did that movie was actually on Bill Maher last night. And he was, you know, they were just breaking it down of why... When you start looking, you're like, how could this, because he was saying, well, how could so many people vote for Trump? And they were saying, well, when you look at this and you're getting a completely different set of of facts and you believe that they're really facts, because why wouldn't you? Um, that's that's how that starts going that way, you know? Yeah. Everybody should, the, the thing that you come to, to realize is everybody, look, you can, I understand not trusting the media or not trusting social media or not. But the thing is, you just got to, you just, again, you got to do your work. There's no shortcut. And we're so used to shortcuts. It's like, just think, critically think about each thing. Like, critically think about if you're going to start getting on this Trump that he was cheated out of the election and all these votes shouldn't count. Critically think about the fact that if the Democrats somehow stole this election, they did it by losing the Senate and losing houses, you know, seats in the house. It's like, it just wouldn't have gone that way. Um, but whatever. I'm, I mean, again, it's, I, I don't, I don't think anyone's listening to this is looking for our opinion on, on politics, but I just think that we've got into a place where everything is a shortcut and we're looking for the fastest way to get what we want because we're in this, you know, the, we're in a, we live in a world now where I have to just, if I want something, I go on Amazon, I press a button, I have it. And so we, we don't get that with everything there, you know, we have to work together to get places. And I feel like the people on the right were thought, Hey, if I vote for Trump, I'm going to get all these things I want. And the people who voted, you know, who were the super progressive, they're like, I think we should all have all these rights. I want them now. So I, you know, but, in, but collectively we're somewhere in the middle, which is someone like Biden. Uh, now, as far as coverage, did you, you know, you were working lucky you, I did not work. I, I said, I watched about 15 hours a day. Where, where was most of your attention when you were watching it? 
I mean, I was watching CNN. I'd pop over to MSNBC uh, for a little bit. Uh, but I also wanted to check out Fox News and see their angle. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I was about... It's always, it's always fun to watch that angle. I was a little more... I, I, I started off CNN and then I realized I, I know what all these people are going to say before they even say it. So I, I moved to MSNBC and I stayed with them for most of the coverage. Um, but I would do the same. I was checking in on ABC and I would check in on Fox and if somebody was in a really good mood, I'd get out of there as fast as I could. <laughs> Um, but, um, I think when you start looking at everything, so the big winners this week were like John King. Oh yeah. And Steve, every, every election that guy's and, like, St- and Steve Kernacki. So Steve Kernacki might be the biggest hero of the election. That's the guy around the board. One thing about John King though, is when he starts working that board, it does get kind of like, oh, you're like, what the fuck am I looking at? Cause he's like, and then, you know, he's pushing buttons and things are zooming in and out. And like, here, this is what you got. And right. then Wolf Blitzer were like, oh, like, go back out. I want to see this. And you'd be like, and then you'd be circling things and you're just like, what is happening? Yeah. And he, he was so, he was so adamant to make sure that he stayed nonpartisan, um, that he would over explain that each time. Cause like, He's like, I'm not saying I want Biden to win, but if Biden was good, but, you know, and you're like, all right, we know. That's good for the president. Yeah. Uh, what I did like is when they would juxtaposition, like, to make people understand, like, how many votes were still left to be counted. Uh-huh. They would show, like, the uh, county or whatever, and it would have, like, say, three 300,000 votes. It, he's up you know, to 143,000. And uh, he's like, all right, so let's look at that. And then go back to 2016. And it would show like this much larger number. Like he'd got like 200,000 more votes. And he's like, so he won that back in 2016 at 500,000 votes. We're only at 300,000 votes. And this year more voters are coming out. So there's a lot more votes. So that like that kind of like you saw that Joe Biden was going to like, you know, start to take over some numbers. Right. Were you, were you, were you, you were able to like count or do the math and see like that the shit wasn't over, you know? Yeah. Um, I did not think he was going to take over Georgia, but it happened. It, well, all right. So uh, last thing, uh, because I wanted to, I want to talk about that. And um, I was a big Karnacki guy on MSNBC and I went really put him over the top for me is i sent it to you yesterday did you get a check get to check out leslie jones's twitter feed no i haven't seen it yet it's like the greatest thing she just breaks down everybody's like zoom rooms and like screams about him but she is so in love with steve karnacki <laughs> she was <laughs> where is steve you know like, I like on supermarket sweep what's that i watched her host supermarket oh. sweep well she um like at midnight, you know, they would switch over. They'd switch over crews, and there's a new guy doing the board. And she'd be like, "Who this motherfucker? <laughs> I don't like him. He's got a jacket on. He's got his hand in his pocket. I don't think he takes this seriously enough." Where's Steve? You know, like um, it's it's really great. Like it's it's so good. We actually wound up muting everything last night and just, you know, she's not doing it live, but we would watch things and then we'd mute it and watch her like talk about him because it was so good. Um, 
but all right. So let's go into um, the state stuff. Um, so yeah. So when you start looking at states breaking it down, um, obviously the thing that that they kept trying to drive home that kept driving people nuts was that all these votes were coming in for Biden at the end. But so much of it was because Republican legislation was trying so hard not to allow, they wanted this kind of chaos with the mail-in ballots to try to get them thrown out. And everybody kind of prepared themselves really well, so it seems. And Trump, you know, told all of his supporters not to vote by mail, which seems like a big backfire now because everything that was coming in wasn't Republican because he told them not to. And we know like how many votes, like how many votes by mail there was like that had yet to be counted. Like they would always like update us on that. I'm like, all right, well, most of those are going to be Biden's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is really nice if you're watching from the perspective of I'm rooting for this guy, you know, it's always fun when you're like, bring in more, bring in more. And it's just, it's like betting the over instead of betting the under, you know, um, and a huge like rally down on uh looks like Times Square. Oh yeah, so they're everywhere. But um when you start bringing in the states, so the thing that I think is super interesting and exciting is uh I think if you're gonna look at this honestly and, and everything, is that Joe Joe Biden really owes a lot of black people a lot of thank you. Because the the, the counties and the places that were coming through were heavily uh in minority you know, heavy areas. And I think the fact that he wins Georgia and I'm sure maybe, you know, maybe you've done this, but like Stacey Abrams is basically that should be the first call he makes. And that woman should get any cabinet position she wants. You know, Stacey Abrams, you know about her, she lost in 2018 um, and basically should have won, but through voter suppression in Georgia, they uh, saw a whole thing on her. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's a documentary called, uh, I think it's called all in. And um, instead of, instead of just being like, Hey, the system's not fair. She decided to take every bit of that and channel it into spending the last two years, just bringing out people to vote in, in all over Georgia. And it's pretty, that's one of those things that, that I, you could almost get emotional about when you start thinking about it, that somebody who got totally fucked by the system and said, I'm going to show, all right, I'm going to do everything in my power to show, to, to fix the system so that somebody like me doesn't have to have that happen to them again. And what she wound up doing was wind up basically winning Georgia for, for Biden by doing that. I just think that's, that's one of those stories that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, she's everyone's kind of like posting things about her. Yeah, uh, online or on social media. Um. But so what? Yeah, I guess my, an exciting my, day. So my last, I guess, I mean, my last question, and you can get is what? What are the next two months like? Oh my god, um, there are going to be a lot of legal proceedings, or try to anyway. They're not going to be, they're not going to go anywhere. Um, They're going to get rejected because he, because he's won or lost by a large margin right now. um, I mean, I can't imagine any of these lawsuits going through. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, he can, anyone could, you know, do lawsuits, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to, you know, get any traction. Sure. Uh, 
But uh, other than that, I feel like, you know, he's going to be doing the same thing on Twitter. And on, uh, I'm interested to hear like his first, like his speech uh, after now being said that he wasn't going to, uh, or that he lost finally. Um, he's just going to go crazy for the next like month. And then I think like, finally he's going to realize that it's like useless because everyone in his camp is going to tell him just to stop at some point. Well, what's going to happen. What do you think happens to us? Like, what do you think he does? Like as a, as a, as a president, as a lame duck president, what, what does, what does his administration look like for the next two months? Like a lot of firings. But does he do a bunch of shit like you oh, know, like, like pardoning fucking Charles Manson? Who who knows? Like, what is he gonna like? What is he gonna do? Because uh, he's, I mean, you, you might as well listen. I'll I'll give this advice. Giselle, you might, you might as well just lock yourself inside for the next two months because there will be no. What if he pardons Gislaine? <laughs> well. She hasn't so, been found guilty yet. Nobody need nobody needs to find anybody in those. Dude, when are those papers coming out? Because I'm excited for that day. I don't know, but but wait. What I'm saying is, you need to board yourself up for two months because if you thought there was no re, no like sort of um, reaction to the coronavirus, then imagine what it's going to be like when he's not even really president anymore. Like. You think the task the task force was a piece of shit before? Imagine what it's going to be like now. Um, well, I'm hoping that Joe Biden kind of like talks to the nation, even the Trump supporters, you know, through all this and says, listen, enough with the violence already. Like these are businesses that are owned by the people in your community. Stop fucking the shit up. It's over. The election's over. I won. If you want to have a conversation about this shit, come talk to me. I'll talk to you. That's what he's been saying the whole time. Well, Oregon, I mean, if you're talking about Portland specifically, you don't have to worry because the, every drug's legal there now. <laughs> Seriously, heroin's legal now in, <laughs> in Oregon. Um, so just piggyback on that, and then we can get we can move on in topics. Um, what happens to him? So that's what happens after. What happens to him after the presidency? Where do you think his, you know, I've I had this discussion with a couple people today. Where do you think, where does his life wind up after this? And where, do, where does his family's life wind up after this? Well, uh, he's going to go, he's going to go back to uh, Mar-a-Lago and just chill out for a while. And he's, he'll like, talk about how great of a president he was and look at Joe. He'll be tweeting a lot. Um, and then at some point, like all these things that came out during the election that no one could prosecute him. I don't think he's going to go to prison because no, no president has really like gone to prison for shit. Uh, but I think that he's going to have to pay a lot of back fines and debts and shit and it's gonna seriously hurt his his wealth or back well let's just say this that might change some things let's just say make him a little bit more he's gonna be a little quieter once all that shit comes down i guess i'm wondering how much indignity he'll suffer um you know deutsche bank already came out they saw the ship 
going down and said, hey, we want to start getting paid back because they can't sell his loan because nobody wants it. Bless you. Thanks. Uh, so there's that. Um, some people seem to think he's going to start his own. I was talking to somebody today. He's like, oh, he's going to take over OANN and they're going to make that like the Trump network. And he's going to, there's rumors <laughs> that he could get, no, seriously, people are saying that he's going to, that he could get Tucker Carlson away from Fox over to there. And um, Fox becomes a little bit more of a legit news source because of that. You know, um, I just think he's not going to have any money. I think he's going to be broke. I think everyone's, everybody's going, everybody that could squeeze what they could get out of him, And now they're going to leave him out to dry. I, I think the next four years is going, even though he is not our president anymore, I still think he is going to be the center of our, attention for four more years because we're all going to be ruining like rooting for him to get his comeuppance you know that's what i think i don't think that this is because biden's gonna be so boring and we're we're you know it's like when you get hooked on sugar when you've had dessert for like a month straight and then you're like i'm not you know we need boring right now i i agree we we don't want to freaking i just want to i said this to someone too i was like I just want to wake, on a, wake up in a world where I wake up at one morning and there's not like some ridiculous tweet that was sent out and oh, yeah. said about. Of course. Of course just you want to. stay that. on Twitter, Joe. Stay yeah. on Twitter. <laughs> but, but I mean, like, it's like if you, if you ate dessert for a month straight and you're like, dude, I gained so much weight, I got to stop. You're like, it's going to be really good for me that we don't have any more ice cream in the house. You're still going to wake up. You're still going to like hit like nine o'clock whenever you have dessert and you're going to start jonesing for it. Right. So even if you know that it's good for you to have it out of your life, you're still going to be jonesing for it. And I think that we're going to find, we're going to still get that fix from following whatever happens to him and mostly rooting against him. So at least it'll be a little more fun. Um, Anyway. Well, uh, congratulations. Do you have anything else to say? I want to say congratulations to America. Good job. Good job by you. Somewhat of a good job. I'm still pissed that 70-something thousand people have you voted for Trump, or 70 million of you has voted for Trump. But, hey, what are you going to do? That's it. Okay. So, all right. So we're uh, moving on, I think. Yes. I don't want to what. I do want to mention, do you have any notes since we skipped? No, not really. I do want to mention that I watched this movie last night. That was one of the scariest movies I've seen in a long time. I rented it on Amazon. But if you have Shudder, I guess you could watch it for free. Um, but I don't know who the fuck has Shudder. Um, I know what Shudder is. It's like a horror film uh, streaming service. Okay. Um, it's called The Dark and the Wicked. It is by, directed by the guy who did The Strangers. Remember that movie, The Strangers? Yeah. I never saw The Strangers. Is that, I, that's really scary, right? Yeah, it's really good. This, I, the second one's not good, but the first one's really good. But uh, it's basically about this, um, these two kids that come, kids, they're like thir- like late 30s, early 40s. They come home because their dad's like basically on his deathbed. And uh, the mom's there taking care of them. And uh, they live on a farm, and it's, like, really, like, just just the atmosphere. There's a lot of, like, 
it's, it's shot really well. It's like, it's kind of like, remember what's the, uh, what's that movie where the, the sex, you have to have sex with someone to get rid of the curse or whatever. It follows. Yeah. It's kind of like has that kind of eeriness to it. Um, the sound design, everything was just, I was freaked out. Like, Oh, cool. The first, you jump right into it too. It's like first fucking 10 minutes. You're like, this is fucking scary. <laughs> it stays like this. This is going to be good. Okay. What's it called again? It's really good. Uh, it's called the dark and the wicked. Okay. The dark and the wicked. Uh, what else you got? Um, nothing. I have no, uh, no notes. Yeah. I don't either. We did this. What we, when we do this last Saturday, was it Saturday or Friday last week? Uh, Whatever it was, I've just been in election shit ever since. It's like all, you know, so I'm actually, I don't even know how to function about talking about anything else right now. I'm really excited. I think as I texted you about Saturday Live tonight, they have, yes. a, lot shit, they have a lot of shit to work with. Um, and they've got uh, Chappelle, who's probably going to give a, I'm hoping is going to give an amazing monologue. You about. think they'll go back to that member? So you remember Chappelle hosted last year, our last election, and the be- probably I think was probably the best skit of like the last four or five years was um, the first skit that they had after that when everybody was crying because Trump won and he and Chris Rock were in the back of the room laughing <laughs> because they're like, "Oh, you didn't know America was like this." I mean, it's just so smart, you know. Um, I hope they do uh, another take on that. That's something we didn't talk about is how excited you and I are for another four years of Jim Carrey on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> oh, shit. That's what I wanted to talk about. Uh, speaking of Jim Carrey, I had notes. I'm watching that Comedy Store documentary. So, on- I watched the first I, – I watched this – I had a free um, weekend of Showtime, and I decided to put on the first episode like last Saturday night – and it was it was really good. It was like really good. I've seen the first three episodes. I got two more episodes left. But the third episode is the best. It's, what, it's about Jim Carrey and Sam Kinison are like the two main things. And um, so Jim Carrey was talking about how this one night he like, well, when he got really like popular with all of his like impressions, he decided that he wasn't going to, people weren't taking him seriously. So he wasn't going to do any impressions anymore. Uh, so he didn't tell anyone and even Mitzi at the store, he was just like, I'm just going to go up there and uh, have different material, like no material basically. And uh, Mitzi didn't like it. She's like, what are you doing? But uh, so he goes up there one night, uh, he's got like an eight thirty slot and he like totally bombs and there's people heckling him and like he like like goes to the guy he stands on the table and he breaks a bottle and he's like let's go like trying to like because he had like no material he was just like doing whatever and finally he's done he does a 15 minute set and he goes this was terrible he's like i gotta punish myself and i guess like during that time there was a piano in there and uh that's how you know, like now they use like an iPod or something to bring music uh, up there, but they used to have a piano guy that would like bring the different people up. So he goes, I got to punish myself. So he like goes to the piano, 
jumps into the piano and shuts the piano (laughs) (laughs) and stayed in there. So like all these people are like trying to watch the other comedians and realizing that Jim Carrey was like still in the piano. And so like different comics would shuffle in and out and like the piano guy would still do it. But like all the keys would be muted because he's laying on the freaking wires. Um, so finally at like one thirty, he like pops out. So this is like four, four hours or later, he's been sitting in this fucking piano. He like pops out of the piano and goes, all right, I'm done punishing myself. I'll go home now. And like, just walks out like in front of like the whole thing. Um, so that was funny. Um, oh, they also did dice on the third episode, which was cool. great. It was cool to see Dice. Like, I want to see a documentary on Dice because, like, he's talking about how, like, his whole Dice Man was, like, this whole persona, like, a fake thing. And he wasn't like that. And he was talking about how, like, he went to Saturday Night Live and Lauren brought him in the office and said, like, he's like, so, tough day today. He's like, yeah, I guess. I don't know. He's like, Nora Dunn, like, walked off the show. And (laughs) Dice is like, yeah, so? Who's Nora Dunn? I don't know. And Lauren's like, it's because of you. (laughs) He's like, I don't know. I don't even know. I've never even talked to Nora Dunn. He's like, don't you know our cast members? He's like, not really. I don't watch the show. Uh, So that was good. And then like the other uh, thing that I had noted from that third episode was that Stephen Wright, he was walking around with Mike Binder uh, and he, you know, looking at stuff in the comedy store and he goes, Mike Bunner's like, oh, look who's this guy pointing at a picture of Stephen Wright when he was like really young. He go, and Stephen Wright says, oh, yeah, that's the only man I've ever slept with. I thought that was a genius joke. <laughs> that guy is so genius. Yeah. Um, they show like clips of him, uh, like his first Johnny Carson TV show where he was like super like nervous and overwhelmed and he's like I don't know why I'm here and stuff like he goes to sit on the couch it's pretty funny so yeah that show is pretty good I haven't seen all the episodes um but uh yeah so the first two it's it's good if you like comedy obviously it talks a lot about the struggles that people go through and shit like that so I just wanted to comment sorry I was watching in the background that all the world leaders have now congratulated Biden um, that must just be killing Trump. You know, every, like everybody came out and said, we look forward to working with you, like Boris Johnson and Macron and Merkel. They're all like Trudeau. Hey, congratulations, America. You know, like, it just must be killing him. Um, so yeah, Jim Carrey, we're excited that he's going to be on Saturday Live for a little bit now. This is what I mean. I can't talk about anything else. It's the worst. Uh, I just wanted to also let you know, that something uh, you can do on your Mac is go into settings and turn off any kind of um, noise, any kind of alert noise, so that all your emails and... Dude, I don't know how to do that. Super uh, simple. I'll show you when we get off. Messages received or messages received sound, none. And things fucking keep... I don't know what to tell you. But it's system preferences, notifications, and... Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Disturb. System preferences... I go to do not disturb till till 2 p.m. I've gotten text messages. I've gotten emails. 
Well, you'll have to show me. I, I've tried to turn off all the sounds without turning off, obviously, my because I'm using my speaker. I can't turn off my fucking sound. No, I understand. I Listen, that's why I'm giving you the workaround. We'll do it afterwards. When we get our first uh, um, sponsor, we can get a studio, the right studio. Now. <laughs> really four years in. Hey, I um, I uh, just started using a microphone today for the first time. So Sounds good. Yeah. So when you have these things, it kept going in and out when you move your head. I know. I got to... Um, I actually am sending them back to get new ones because everybody complains they can't hear anything. Um, so, all right. so what's our next, our next, we're, so we were talking about TV. I think you said we were going to talk about Far, Fargo. Yeah, I don't really have too much uh, to talk about other than that Moon Force 8 or whatever the hell that thing is starts on Sunday. Oh, really? The one with John C. Riley? Yeah, I'm excited to watch that. And Fred Armisen. Yeah. Okay. Moonbase Eight or some Dude, shit. I watched this clip. I watched. So I watched. Did you watch the Sarah Cooper show on Netflix? You know she is. No, I I I've saved it. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Yet. All right. So Fred Armisen was on that. So it got me. Something came up in my feed to watch this old clip. It was of Saturday Night Live. It was from like seven or eight years ago, and it was like a wedding. Oh, the punk one? Yes. And it's with Dave Ashton Grohl. Kutcher. And he's like... Yeah, Dave Grohl, right? Yeah, Dave Grohl's the drummer. And, like, Bill Hader's the bassist. It's so <laughs> fucking funny. Yeah, it's a wedding and they hire the punk band. So well, no, no. They're, so he's the he's the groom's dad. And he's like... Makes is like and he's like, hey, you know, we just thought we'd the whole band's here. We'd play a song. And they're like, yeah, go for it, Dad, you know. And yeah. they just start. It's a, They're an old punk band. And they just start smashing. The waiters are walking by with bottles of champagne. They just start smashing the bottles of champagne. Yeah. And they throw over the tables and shit. Uh, it was so funny. I hadn't seen that in years. It was, it was good. Um, we were going to talk about Fargo, though. Cause do, you, do you think Fargo is the best show on TV right now? It definitely is. Like, it's, like, not even close, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, like, I can't wait for tomorrow night to watch it. It's, like, so suspenseful. Only two more two more episodes left. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I thought this last episode was fucking amazing. Yeah, it was really good. I mean, just, like, everything that went down and, like, like, just going, oh, shit. Like, what happened at the end? Like, when they just were, like, hey, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it was my decision, and it it's it's it keeps you on your toes. Like in a million years, you wouldn't expect it. You, you just think, okay, you you so you kidnap somebody. All right, they're gonna torture him, or they're gonna kill him. It's gonna start this, and it's like three different twists and turns. And they're like, all right, let him go. Let's see what happens. Even you know? there was like this one scene that was kind of like a fake out scene, where he was kind of like dreaming about killing the Italian kid. Which was so intense. When the kid's brushing yes. his teeth and he's sitting outside the thing with the rope or whatever. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to ruin anything, but I think I just did. But it was fake. Like, it was just like, you thought, well, it was, there's just so many intense scenes like that. Yeah. Uh, Chris Rock keeps getting better and better each episode, too. Like, he's really, really good. Um, the whole The whole story about credit cards in it. That's just fucking yeah. that barely scraped on and still so good, you know. 
There's yeah. just the problem with the show is there's like four or five different things going on, and I love all four or five of the things. Wish I could see more of it. Yeah. You got a nurse who's nuts. I want to see more of her. You got this. And she's just her story like kind of disappeared for a couple episodes. Right. And now she's back. I guess she's gonna find the because uh, one, one one point the girl left her uh, her notepad. In yes. The thing which so never- she's fantastic too. The little girl, the the daughter, she's like so good in this. Um, the fact that that guy or the guy that runs the uh, the the hospital like got that letter and just was like, all right, you're fine. Like you would think he would bring the authorities in just to do an investigation, you know. You knew right there that he was gonna, yeah. Um, um, but was, yeah, I mean, yeah, so so Sunday nights, uh, yeah, it's not there's not even close. Um, it's just really intense, and then you got freaking Timothy Oliphant wearing a cowboy hat, which makes it better. <laughs> So yeah, we were, so this is, I guess we talked about this off the air because I sent this to you. I sent you that meme of Big Bird knocking down the door anytime that there's a sheriff or a, a marshal, and Timothy Oliphant gets a call because he is. As we were discussing, you have not watched The Mandalorian yet. I haven't seen the second episode, which came out last night. But the first episode um, is co-starring Timothy Oliphant as another sheriff, basically. And, uh, yeah, um, I don't want to get into everything, but I will just say this cause you'll know this from the beginning. He's wearing Boba Fett's armor. Um, he definitely doesn't fill it out. And I, you know, so you're not really ever thinking, Oh, Timothy Olivon is Boba Fett. You're, you think it at first and you think, wow, that's a really bad casting. Cause he's like, weighs 140 pounds, but, um, you, you realize that's not what it's about. The rest of it is the rest of the Mandalorian. That episode is basically it's long episode. It's like 45 minutes. And I'd say like 35 to 40 of those minutes are spent trying to trap a giant worm sandworm. Like that's really what it's about. He goes into town and the town's like, we got to kill this worm. That's one of the reasons I don't really like the show. Right. It's like, it's just all random shit. Like I want to see like a, a, really like a story yeah well it goes off on like like missions and shit like i want one mission and i want shit to go down in that mission and i want you to take a left i know that's like kind of like what all the video games are now like an open world type situation um I don't know. Like, yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm a judging because they've done a, they've done a really nice job of bringing in just enough of like the star Wars universe into this whole other story. And I don't want them to go overboard, you know, and then it becomes, you know, like what the movies did in the last three movies where they jammed in every storyline of everybody and none of them had any depth. So I don't know. Um, but but yes, most of the episode was just like I could have I could have started the beginning, fast forwarded forty minutes through it, gotten to the end, and not have missed a single thing. Um, but but the beginning and end are worth watching. And I st- I still recommend uh, Good Lord Bird. It's, it's really good. Oh yeah, so I taped that in my Showtime. You know, I think I still have your password for Showtime. If I do. 
I'll trade you my. Uh, we'll trade Disney Plus for Showtime. I like never watch the Showtime app. Okay, good. But sure. And I'll give you my Disney Plus info after this. I want to watch The Mandalorian. Um, and maybe Mulan. Is Mulan free yet? No, I don't think so. Well, it's probably going to be the only thing nominated for the Academy Awards. Uh, uh, I don't know. Did you see the? Did you see the trailer for um, the new Fincher movie? Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, I don't think anything's beaten that this year. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the review I read about it is like, who's going to watch this movie? But uh, that's usually who wins Academy Awards. <laughs> that's how it used to be. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. All right. So, so that we did our diligence on the t- on the football. I mean, on on TV. Should we just go into football? Or we got anything else? Sure. I went two and one last week. I think you went one and two. Uh, that's true. And we lost on the same one because we. Yes, to- you. That I was good. That was your death kiss. I, mean, I I was. I already marked that as a loss as soon as you liked the same one that I liked. Uh, so that puts you at. 14 and 6 for the year, and I'm at 11 and 9, so I got some catching up to do. Um, I'm starting to take things a little more seriously now, I've decided. You got to go against the grain. All right, so uh, my first pick this week is the Raiders versus the Chargers. It's an even, um, and I'm taking Raiders to win. Um, I get that. See, that that game. There's going to be high scoring. It's going to be high scoring. That's one of those games that scares me because both those teams are pretty good and they both do magnificent things to get in their own way about, you know, I mean, nothing like the Chargers. No, I mean, the Chargers are. The fact that they lost last week was ridiculous. It's unbelievable. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, that's, I'm actually very excited for that game. I think it's going to be like that. That's going to be one to keep an eye on for sure. Um, my first is I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks minus three at Buffalo. I feel like Buffalo. Okay. So I always thought Buffalo was overrated. This is, this is one of the reasons I keep getting killed in these things. Beginning of the year, I thought Buffalo is totally overrated and they're not that good. And then I get proven wrong. Cause they, you know, they, they're like winning by 20 points a game. They're like looking awesome. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to come around. I was wrong on them. And as soon as I admit that I was wrong on them, their offense st- like stifles. They can't score against the Jets. Like shit starts happening. So now I'm going back, <laughs> and I'm taking uh, I'm taking Seattle, especially off of a loss. I, I like Seattle minus three against Buffalo. They're kind of like the same team. I think Buffalo's defense is a lot better, but and and I think I don't know about that. Not this year. I've had a lot of injuries. Well, I'm not saying that Buffalo's defense is good. It's yeah. just better than the Seahawks defense. And it's the other way around with the Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks, yeah. Um, you can't count the Seahawks out of any game right now. That's true. That's what um, what's your next? Uh, I like, uh, I don't know why I don't have the thing up. My pick is the Titans, minus six and a half. Um, I've bet against the Titans the last two weeks, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, they're playing the Bears. And I just think they've lost two games in a row. Um, they're a good team. Um, and they're playing a team whose offense is terrible. And they're playing at home. And I think Tennessee is going to bounce back after a two-week losing. I don't think they're losing three weeks in a row. 
Yeah, it right. kind of seems like they they're gonna that that. Right, I, I agree with you. Like that, they're kind of just due to bounce out of this thing, you know, like to come out swinging because because of that. But they're a tough team. Six, my problem is the six and a half points because, got you know, Goskowski misses like every. Dude, what's up with that guy? <laughs> I don't know. He was uh, like the Mister Clutch on when he was on the Patriots. And I guess, like, towards the end of his Patriots career, he was missing some things. And now, like, he just keeps missing freaking extra points and field goals. But mostly, like, these extra points are killing them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I – uh, I, but, but yeah, I, I like what your head's at about. I mean, I would definitely take Tennessee money line for sure this week. Um, I also wanted to say one more thing about the election. I, I followed the entire election by watching – um, I had at all times, I had the, the gambling page open to like, see what the odds were because I uh, thought that I, I appreciated that because I, 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 but I mean, I did it. I, I just kept giving you updates on day one, but I had it like, I would wake up at five in the morning and how many like, times did you bet Biden? Just twice. <laughs> I bet him at plus one. Oh, you're winning. I, I wasn't going to bet him. And then you told me to bet him. And I was like so afraid because of what we did to America four years ago when we bet Hillary Clinton. So, but you were like, "Dude, you should totally do it." I was like, "Okay." Yeah, what? Clinton and Patriots to win the Super Bowl? Yeah, no, to win the AFC East. It was like uh, anyway. It was like three to one. It was like the best. Um, but uh, no, I bet him at plus one fifty. Like when you said you should totally bet him, and then when he went down to plus two fifty, I was like, "Shit, I gotta, I gotta bet this again." And so I doubled up on it. Um, and then, like, I would wake up every morning or every, and I just would refresh to see where the odds were, to, you know, before I even looked at the news. Because Vegas is going to tell you what's really happening, right? Like, yeah. you can you can be as hopeful here or there, but Vegas is going to be like, look, this is how we're going to make our money. Yeah. And then, yeah, it just started skyrocketing the other way. At one point, I thought about hedging with Trump, but I was like, no. I, I wasn't even going to ask you that because I know your thoughts on hedging. Um, but it was a good, it was a good way to, to navigate what was really happening. Um, anyway, my, uh, my third pick, it's, um, I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers minus 14 and a half against the Cowboys. I know. Going against your team. It's not even, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. I just bounced, but I, I, I messed with something. Um, it's not even. You know why? Because I was like so nervous. Fourteen and a half. Yeah. Damn. Well, well, I haven't been a fourth string quarterback. Well, they don't. I don't even know who's going to be their quarterback yet. Yeah, it's definitely not Danucci. Although but that girl, guy, I saw photos of his girlfriend. who was pretty good looking. Oh yeah. Well, she probably dumped him after the game. They actually told a really good story about that during the game about Romo. Romo's girlfriend dumped him right before he became the starting quarterback of the Cowboys. <laughs> Um, well, you know, it's funny. They were talking about Kamala Harris today, uh, back to the election. And yeah. they're talking about her husband and how, like, <laughs> her, her husband's, like, she's got stepkids. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, but he was married before. And I was just thinking the whole time, the, like, when, say, his wife, his ex-wife isn't married and, like, they're dating. It's like, oh, so what does your uh, husband do? Uh, he's married to the vice president. 
<laughs> oh, okay. That's, you know, that that's like, and we should revisit this at it's some the point. Second, what do they call it? The second gentleman? I don't know. Sure. That's yeah. what they were saying today. I was like, no one's going to call him the second gentleman. <laughs> that's like your um, your series that you'd come up with that we never followed through on of like impossible people to date. Well, you had the first one was like, like the person who's like from the Da Vinci Code who's actually like Jesus's daughter or something. Yeah. Well, no, that was what I wanted. I wanted to do a short film where it talks about Jesus's last ascending relative from the Da Vinci Code, like now dating because she's got to carry on the name. Right. Yeah. 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 Listen, don't. Keep thinking about that. I, still, I like, I, but it's like the Da Vinci Code hasn't happened. It's like not timely right now. But, but you don't have to make it Da Vinci Code. You could just make it like Jesus. Here's the thing. He's got enough cachet that it, that it'll still work without Da Vinci Code. Sorry if I ruined the ending of the Da Vinci Code. Jesus, Jesus Christ is a little, little bit bigger than Dan Brown. So you're all right. Um, but anyway, um, how we got there? Oh, Danucci. I don't know where we went from Danucci to Jesus Christ, but um, maybe it was a little time to yell Jesus Christ. We see Danucci go back to throw. I mean, he looked like that guy looked like a pop Warner player. Like he just didn't belong out. And the Cowboys, their bread and butter was like triple reverses. It was like ridiculous. Yeah. You find out that Danucci is actually like an old family friend of Mike McCarthy's. Like his dad was an old family friend. And that's how he wound up getting drafted in the last round. And that's so what? That's the last round. Yeah, but it's it's a quarterback, and that's why you can't have a, a friend of a family drafted as your quarterback. That guy almost got killed out there. That's true. So I don't know. I don't know Mr. who the Giants had Mister Irrelevant on their team. And okay. he actually, and he actually uh, who's, who's, if people don't know that, it's the last player chosen in the draft. Uh, and he actually starts. Oh, because there was a good, there was a good he short, like, 30 for 30 short on a Mr. Relevant on the Giants. He got defensive touchdown last week. Or oh, cool. That's awesome. Like, dude, hey, you're uh, contributing. Anyway, it's because the Giants suck. The, the Cowboys defense is just. I mean, it's one of the worst. I mean, it, it's Danucci level bad. Um, so I just can't imagine them ever stopping Pittsburgh on a single drive. So 14 and a half is a lot, but I mean. Our Ben Roethlisberger comeback play of the year is looking pretty good. It's, uh, so uh, what's your third? Third and final, since uh, it's funny that you said that you're betting uh, the Cowboys game. I'm betting the Giants game. But I'm taking the Giants getting two and a half points versus the Redskins. We're going to go for a sweep this week. Uh, Giants have one win. Their only win is versus the Redskins. And uh, Redskins are just terrible. It's hard to bet the Giants because Daniel Jones turns the ball over all the time and loses games for them. I mean, they probably should have won last week if he didn't turn the ball over. (laughs) You know, their defense played really well in that game. Well, see, this is this is one of those gifts. This is one of those gifts that you need when you're down uh, 11 to 9, 14 to 6. You take the Giants because I don't think you've ever won money on the Giants. Anytime you take the Giants, 
it usually winds winds up. Uh, I normally I normally way. do not like taking betting uh, for or against my team, but I don't know. I feel like the Redskins are a mess, worse than the Giants. Uh, I do want the Giants to maybe lose this game to, to uh, for draft pick stuff, but if you're not going to get a number one pick, it doesn't matter right now. Exactly, you're not getting Trevor Lawrence. That's you know, he, I don't know. Unless he holds out for it to go from the Jets to the Giants, pulls. Yeah, he would better, dude. He would. Yes, Giants have more fucking offensive weapons. They've got like a decent okay. I'm not, receiver I, I, and running back core. I mean, I don't know what to tell you, but they do. Okay. They have no offensive line, and their quarterback keeps turning the ball over, uh, and which is a problem. I don't think it's the sort of thing you hold out. I don't want to go to the Jets, but I'll go to the Giants. I just don't think that that – I don't think that you you put your NFL future – in the, in in those kinds of like that's such a minor thing, you know. Like it's one thing if you don't want to go sure. play in New York, you know. I don't think that you go from playing in the same exact stadium for one team over the other. With your, it's pretty short sighted if you're like, hey, they got weapons now. Yeah. I don't think that that's what does it for you if you're a twenty, twenty one, twenty two year old kid. They're all young players, though. Whatever, we'll see what happens. He definitely is not going to be psyched to go to the Jets. We'll just put it that way. But anyway. <laughs> Cousin Sal is a great thing. He thinks that um, that Trevor Lawrence should just be drafted by New York. Yeah, and used at... No, so whoever's home gets Trevor Lawrence that week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. So, uh, yeah, last one. Um, did you hear your last one? I did. I have uh, I have Still Seattle, there? Houston. Oh, did I not? Did I not? Do- oh, I didn't. I did skip one. You're right. I um, I have Houston minus seven over Jacksonville. I can't believe I totally forgot about that one. Um, or um, yeah, Houston over Jacksonville. Houston minus seven over Jacksonville. I don't love Houston, and it's Romeo Cornell. So well, that- they've only won like one game. But, but Jacksonville looks – I mean, Jacksonville's not even starting Minshew this week, right? No. Minshew's got some serious injuries. I don't know. So yeah. I kind of feel like Jacksonville's, like, last gasp of breath is done. Yeah. Um, who's who's their backup? I don't know. Is it Glennon still or not? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, he's a tall guy, right? Yeah, I played for NC State. Mike yeah. Glennon. I, I think I think that's right because I heard his name come up. He's he's relevant for somebody today, so why wouldn't it be? For some reason, I know like he's bouncing around, but I don't think he's that bad. Um, no, they're they're starting Jake Lutton. Oh, I don't know that. Okay. Probably no, I don't know clue either. So it's uh got Lutton on the nothing on this Lutton. Yeah, so uh, it looks good for him. We'll see. Um, and the other thing is, uh, it's not like Houston can tank because they because six round pick. Yeah, it's not like Houston can tank because they've traded away like all their picks. <laughs> yeah. 
So, uh, who do you who like? What's the big game this week? Is it um, Arizona? I thought it was New Orleans, uh, Tampa Bay. New Orleans, Tampa Bay. That is a good one. Um, I think that's a big game in the NFC. Yeah, and I think the other one is um, Arizona plays. Uh, oh, Arizona Miami. You see if two is real or not. Yeah, they're already talking about like possibly drafting a quarterback. I heard that. Why would they leak that? Like, why would they be talking about that? Like, that should be nothing. That's kind of fucked up. Who knows if it's you know? Who knows? All right. Well, uh, good times. Yeah, congratulations to uh, all of us. Good job by America. The sun's sun's out now for a little bit. Going to celebrate. Um, I heard him playing party in the USA in the streets of Manhattan. Seventy million three hundred forty nine thousand three hundred and seventy six people voted for Trump. Good job, America. Fucking bastards. All right, good times. We're gonna end with that. All right, later.